we're changing it up this week and we are talking about pregnancy. That's right. You're probably going to hear the word vagina more times than you'd like, but don't worry by the end of it, you're going to feel totally comfortable with it. So we have a really good friend of mine, Erica Chitty Cohen on. She is the founder of Loom, which is an amazing pregnancy and parenting hub opening up in summer 2017 in mid city. And we also have Natalie Alcala, who is a freelance fashion editor and the founder of Fashion Mamas. So without further ado, here's our show. Happy Saturday. Hey, hey. Hey. Uh, Literally, Erica and Natalie both walked in with straw bags. We did. Um, They look very farmer's market fresh, unlike some of my other guests who look very hungover when they come and see me on Saturday. (laughs) We're just trying to set a vibe. I like it. Yeah, we're we're setting the tone, setting the flow. Setting the tonal? Setting the tonal tone. Mm -hmm. Yes. I like it. Has anybody done that yet? Mm, no, you're the first. Okay. Win. Okay. Cutting it. Cutting it. Coming in hot. Coming in hot, hot. Um, Natalie, let's, let's start with you. Tell me a little bit about your company. So. Well, and yourself. For, wait, yourself first. Tell me about you. Wait, first of all, I'm so excited to be doing this. Thank you. I'm honored. Thank you, guys. Um, so I'm a fashion editor. I've been in the game for about a decade, mm-hmm. and I was formerly the senior editor of Racked. I wrote for Vogue, Refinery29, Who, What, Where, um, The Zoe Report. I have always been a writer. I always, mm-hmm. I loved it. Be- before I had a baby, I was the one that could, on a whim, travel to Fashion Week, you know, get on a plane and go to Paris if I needed to, to write a story. And it was an amazing time, and mm-hmm. I loved it. I was never the person that was thinking about that the next goal was to have a child, but mm-hmm. I was always... Um, ready to accept whatever the next phase was going to be. I got married to my husband. We dated for 10 years before. 10 years? Yes. I was really young when we met. So That's amazing. Wait, how yeah. old were you? How old were yeah, you? Yeah, how old were Let's not do the math here, okay. guys. I'm just kidding. <laughs> now it looks I, like she's literally 22. That's why. Not yeah, at all. Exactly. I met him when I was 20. He threw my wow. 21st birthday. Like, that's how oh tight we are. Oh, my God. Yeah, and he's watched me grow from, like, party animal raver. <laughs> Let's just say yes. that our relationship was is built around Coachella because oh I posted my goodness. I posted on MySpace that I needed a ride to Coachella to go see La Tigre <laughs> and Radiohead. Shut up. And as it's so safe, right, to post a random stranger. Oh Luckily, we had met at a party in mm-hmm. the in the past and he mentioned that and I was like that's safe enough so we drove to Coachella that's kind of amazing yeah that yeah. is like a true California that's romance like, isn't that like very millennial too social yeah. media connection and all <laughs> that yeah. that's like when it was like, like I'm using the internet you know <laughs> just like looking for a ride it's cool but don't like, do what I did kids it doesn't always work out <laughs> maybe do what I did I mean, <laughs> or maybe you never know it's good now <laughs> um okay so, so you you guys met on the internet I love that that's we like met the on most the internet. California like millennial yeah and for meets. a music festival Wonderful. right and the sparks flew at a you music made festival. out at, at Radiohead we did not because I just needed a ride I was gonna oh, ditch him there girl. and go party with my friends nice but he was so sweet and so nice and my mom decided to fall this could go deep but let me just do the yeah. super yeah, short version yeah. Um, he, my mom followed us there mm-hmm. 
because she had a time. She's like, my friends happen to have a timeshare there. Uh-huh. But she told me in ret- like years later, she's like, I planned it so I can spy on you, you know. And so we met That's at so a Mexican good. restaurant with. No, but I love it because yeah. that's that's it. my mom. Yeah. I'm an only child. Hi. Like, like, yeah. Yeah. I'm around. I'm going to do that. A Latina mom. That's it. Like totally. a Latino. And totally. so um, we met it like we met up with her in Palm Springs at a Mexican restaurant. They fell in love. They just talked. Wait, this was at Coachella? The first Coachella? Yes. <laughs> this was on the drive. We decided to do a pit stop and go eat. Oh, my God. My mom has never met him. I'm like a 20-year-old kind of just trying to be cool. Like, Mom, Also, what are you doing Mom, here? why didn't you give me a ride to Coachella? <laughs> I know, right? Why are they looking for a ride, Mom, if you're going out there? And then um, they hit it off. That's great. He was like, I'm trying to get it. But he's like, I kind of like your mom. She's super sweet. And, you know, that could be like kind of his way yeah. in. Yeah. But in the end, he was just kind of like, Tell your mom I said hi. Like, he was, like, so into it. And oh that's, God. like, a good move if you're going to do the game. It was yep. good. Anyway, so it all worked out. We were together for a decade. And then we got married. We were, like, we're going to just not be careful anymore. Mm-hmm. We're not. I'm not the girl with the app mm-hmm. to, you know, to check, like, my cycle and all of that. I just got it two days ago. Oh, okay. What's it called? It's called Clue. Shout out Clue. <laughs> Everybody download it. You'll love it. Also sponsor my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so I just went off of like, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And Latina woman, we'll see what happens means like <laughs> the first try it happened. <gasps> wow. And so I got pregnant. So it was after it was on our honeymoon. You got pregnant on your honeymoon. But you I, guys I, been together I, for 10 no, years. So. We like did our thing. Yeah. It was conceived on my honeymoon. That's <laughs> exciting. Just yeah, it was, that's yeah really, it was that's really, special. it was really I fun. I like it. Why and not? so I don't know how much history you're looking for, but I'm no, really this like, good. this is me, guys. So, <laughs> I like it. That's a good start. And then we'll get into Fashion Mamas after Erica. I want to yeah. hear about you. Personal. So personal. Okay. Let's get personal. You have a good voice. Thank um, you. She does. So, um, so do you. We'll we, do another one on we should inspiring. Like, that's gonna be like our thing. Yeah, one day. We'll, we'll do like this is not for the this is not for the pot, but like we'll probably like side, have a hit like pop group sidebar. Yeah, at like forty. Yeah, yeah. Just like just like yeah. just like uh, like caramel and like I, I would caramel and honey. Yeah, there we go. That be the name <gasps> yeah, of it? just like that's pretty. Yeah, that's my MySpace like, name was like Miso it. Honey. So Woo. this is all full circle Girl, right now. So. Miso Honey. That. Hey. That could be good too. That could be hey. like an Asian group. Yeah. Okay, um, sorry, Erica. All good. So I'm a doula. Um, what, what is a doula for those that don't know? Because I didn't know what a doula was before I met you. Okay, so I'm a birth and postpartum doula. Doulas essentially are individuals that help people moving through pregnancy navigate the experience. Mm-hmm. And birth doulas specifically help people figure out how to better or optimally support themselves through the process. So being a do- birth doula doesn't mean like you're in a yurt or birthing at home. Mm-hmm. It really is whatever environment you're in, learning and understanding how to best navigate that environment. And so yeah. doulas provide childbirth education. We also provide kind of continuous support, you know, over email, in person, mm-hmm. um, kind of just helping you get educated on your options and choices as you're moving through. And mm-hmm. then you know, when you do start to go into labor, we typically, if time allows, will come to your home, help you with, you know, movement, breath work, 
massage um, to help you labor at home for as long as is possible if you're birthing in another That's environment cool. like your hospital. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, we're with you throughout the entire labor and delivery. And then we usually do like a follow-up visit within the first kind of, you know, week to month of life after you've had your baby. Mm -hmm. And then postpartum doulas really work with new mothers, the focus really being the mother mm -hmm. um, in the first six to eight weeks after delivery because mm -hmm. there's so many physiological and emotional processes that are mm -hmm. kind of taking place um, that are actually normal, but for especially for a first-time mother, it can feel pretty bizarre, almost like your body is like breaking down, but in fact, it's doing the total opposite. It's right. kind of like mm -hmm. recalibrating to become this new entity. Yeah. And so doulas really kind of help contain and mm. normalize that process. A lot of what I do is just normalizing, like, yeah, that's, that's what should be happening. Right. Or if it's not what should be happening, we help, we can be that kind of adjunct to your medical care mm -hmm. to do a lot of like, you know, throwing it up on the wall and like, you know, unpacking what's going on to help mm -hmm. you come to the best decision for your care. And we help partners to kind of get a little bit more anchored and you're feel like, more plugged into the process. You're like a pregnancy, like you're like a manager. Yeah, I'm like, you're you know, like an emotional pregnancy manager. Yeah, we're like looking around and being like, okay, what's the schedule look like? Yeah. Like you need to be doing this, you should be doing this, try eating yeah. this. That type of thing. I feel like it I saves like it. all the crazy Googling that you could do if you didn't uh, know what was going on. And you're just exactly. like, you Google it and you just, you get terrified and you're like, oh, everything's going to hell now. I love it. No, I love <laughs> totally. the idea. It makes of, feel better. I didn't know a lot about it until I met you, but I really like it because essentially like you can't really ask like your partner all the time. You guys are going through it together, right? So like you both have questions and then you can't like hit up your doctor every five seconds. Yeah. And so it's like this perfect like emotional beautiful person. Erica is also like my, my pseudo therapist. So it you really, know, I, it works out well. And one okay. of the best things you said to me, I remember when we first met, I was like, Oh, do you deal in like natural births? And Erica was like, every birth is a natural birth. It doesn't matter where it <laughs> is. And I was like, it. I was like, that is very accurate actually. It's yeah, good. totally. And I mean, just to kind of like push that forward, like I really don't believe in the term natural birth because mm -hmm. it's, it's natural to be pregnant. It's natural right. to have a baby, however mm -hmm. that happens. I think it's more important to focus on the landmarks. Like, yeah. is it medicated, unmedicated, vaginal, mm -hmm. cesarean? And like, you know, I'm sure we haven't said it, the word vaginal a lot on tonal, but we're here. And that's I love the word about. vaginal. Let's all say it, it together. Can I say it too? Yes. One, two, three. Vaginal. Okay. The Everybody the sing it. I know you're saying it in your car too while you're listening to this, you creepy listener. <laughs> Just kidding. No judgments. Yeah. Zero judgment. Um, and the other thing we're trying yeah. to really push forward to like beyond like the mm -hmm. more typical birth and postpartum piece mm -hmm. is also exploring what it looks like to have a non-birth outcome. So meaning when a pregnancy doesn't end in a live birth. Sure. And so, you know, one of the things we're doing at Loom, which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit oh, more yeah, about. Oh yeah, we'll get into it. Pretty much um, we're looking at supporting women that have miscarriages and abortions mm -hmm. because those women are going through the physiological process of pregnancy and yes. even after their non-birth outcome, whether it is, you know, spontaneous or it's a elective decision, their bodies are still going through postpartum. They're still having sure. the physiological processes of what would happen after mm -hmm. you have a baby, but with no baby. Right. Um, and so, you know, those women need support and information and resources without judgment mm -hmm. or stigma. So we're really looking at kind of, you know, filling that gap. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, now tell me about you because I know that you grew up in 
My story is so whack. I mean, give me, like give so- me the short version. We have to know. <laughs> All right, we let's, have to know. Okay, I'll do the, I'll do the zip zippity do. Okay. So pretty much, um, I grew up in the states, um, and between California and Florida, my mm-hmm. dad, my parents are both clinicians. My dad's a doctor. My mom's a nurse. Mm-hmm. We moved around a lot growing up, um, just because that's kind of how my dad is, and he was doing different residencies in different places. Um, and but when I was 11, we moved to South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, it was probably about three or four years right after apartheid, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, we lived in Durban. That's where I finished, like I ended off middle school, high school. Um, and it was a really interesting transition because we're I'm first generation Nigerian American. Mm-hmm. So um, my dad had moved back to South Africa he, because he was doing H- HIV and AIDS research, and he really wanted to focus on the work that was happening there. Um, it was interesting. I mean, apartheid is such a just a violent, syst- systematically violent, you know, construct that was in that country for such a long time. Mm-hmm. And when you go to a place that has, you know, systematic racism and it had just kind of like broken yes. out or broken up, you know, I was the first black girl mm-hmm. in the school that I went to mm-hmm. and, you know, being Nigerian one, so not speaking any of the indigenous African languages there. Right. And then two being American, it like mm-hmm. put me in this really odd position of being an other mm-hmm. in a way when I, all I really wanted to do was like assimilate. Right. So it was very difficult for me to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy we did live there because I got such an interesting worldview because yeah. South Africa is very permeable, especially with Europe. And mm-hmm. so I got to just understand the world in a very different lexicon than Absolutely. I would have mm-hmm. living in the States. I think that's so important too for like younger kids. Cause I used yeah. to go to India all the time, like in the summers and that really changed my perspective, you know? Oh my gosh. Completely. Yeah. But, um, sorry, continue. Oh yeah. It's all. And so yeah, I was there. I went to college in Cape Town um I've dotted around a lot of different things like when I finished high school I went to culinary school and then you know I did that and didn't really do I'm not that I didn't do anything with it because it's all come full circle now to where I am but um, Erica makes the best food for us whenever we go to our house this lady likes food I like it's really good it's really good um so yeah and then kind of came after I my actual initial plan kind of like Natalie too it's like trying to figure out the flow I was really interested in PR and and, um, contemporary art but Mm -hmm. you know I was planning on going to London I'd gotten into like this art school over there called Goldsmiths and I was going to go into like really into the contemporary art vein but then I broke up with my boyfriend I didn't want to move to London (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah yeah, I was not I was not the best girlfriend at the time like if he ever hears this he knows like (laughs) sorry sorry Um, much better wife much better wife not great girlfriend Um, (laughs) then I decided to um, take a beat I talked to my family and I realized my whole life I've been like crisis friend there's a problem call me up call Erica that's so true Still yeah. to this day. Still to this day. You're yeah. Like everyone's yeah. rock. I'm, yeah. Oh, it's, guys. it's true. I, I'm, well, here's the thing. With snacks. The more <laughs> stressful the situation becomes, the more calm I can become. It has a lot to do with just like my family dynamic. Yeah. Um, and both my parents were like, well, you've always been really interested in women in the body. What about midwifery? They were like, you could do that. And so um, that was the trajectory. And I then en route it. to doing all the studying for midwifery, I found out about doulas. And by, at this point, I was back in the States and I was in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I kind of like this doula thing. It's like, that's amazing. It's, cool. it's like psychosocial. It's not super medical. I can get to know people. I yeah. can use the skills I already have. Yeah. And here we are. I can't wait for you to get pregnant because I'm wondering, like, you've been through so many of these, like, what it's going to be like for you personally. Yeah, I don't know. I'm really interested, but I'm such a, 
I'm such a nerd. I love information. And I'm also like not very judgmental. Yeah. So I have no preconceived notions. I will say there is one thing. I have like a crazy sense of smell. It's like oh, really? bananas. It's a problem. Like everything like makes me like want to gag now. So I'm very nervous about the oh, pregnancy. I'm like, you're just going to put me in a room or I have to wear one of those masks or something. <laughs> it's like everything smells. Like I can smell something like. Like it's in the other room. Oh my I'm, god, I'm she can smell that. the vodka I was drinking last night. Yeah, I'm getting, <laughs> the I'm getting, I'm getting the watch. So. Yeah, that's crazy. Wait, so were you? Were, did you guys work together on your pregnancy? Were you Natalie's doula? No, we ha- we didn't, didn't meet when so you were pregnant. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Tell me, tell me about like your pregnancy experience. So, that's a very loaded question, and then we'll get into the businesses. So I'll never forget it. The day. Well, I hope not. No, no, this is really interesting. So the night before I took my pregnancy test, that mm-hmm. I was like, something's going on. Mm-hmm. I was at a Diane von Furstenberg party, living my life You're with my so champagne. You're so fabulous. She's no, like I'm a sitcom. Yes. No, I'm building this Natalie, moment. Natalie, need, you need an ABC Family sitcom stat. I'm I know, building up this okay. moment. Champagne in hand. I was like, this this can't get any better. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm married and I have no ties. Mm-hmm. And so I remember that day very clearly. And then the next day I had a big interview and I was feeling crazy. And I just, I was like, I think that I need to take a pregnancy test. And I'd never done, I was uh-huh. never, the, I was never the one who was just worried yeah, about it. Totally. So something guided me and I, well, my feelings guided me and I took it and I was pregnant. I took another one. I was crazy. I went to CVS. I took all of them. <laughs> I took all the tests, and it was and it was true. Wow. And I remember texting my husband, and instead of calling because I don't, I just couldn't talk. Mm-hmm. And we and I remember crying. Mm. And I don't. And it wasn't instant tears of happiness. Mm-hmm. It was crying of like everything changes now. Yeah. So and I'm very much. Um, I'm a free bird. Mm-hmm. So I was just like. Whatever happens, I accept it. I welcome it. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. It's a gift. But I'm always going to be the free bird. My baby's going to be a free bird. We're going to mm-hmm. live that life. So, I like that. But I remember crying and because me and my husband, it was never a thing. It was mm-hmm. never a thing for us. Um, but I cried and then I was like, okay, let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm such a, what is it called? Not I'm not a pessimist, but I'm a realist. So I sure. was like, Okay, it's not real until I go to my OBGYN. Right. It's not real until like 12 weeks mm-hmm. or when I announce it. So I was always skeptical the whole time. <laughs> um, the moment I started to feel my body changing, mm-hmm. it became a whole nother game. Mm-hmm. I started to feel motherly. I started mm-hmm. to feel holy, even I'm not religious. Mm-hmm. It's It started to feel like this is the next chapter for me. You and felt like so Beyonce in her photo. Mm-hmm. I was the yes yeah. i didn't look That's as good as her like. but she, you look but, better oh girl you look good i remember those photos yeah. and so i became the quintessential pregnant woman and i did that style the bump hashtag i mm-hmm. loved dressing Love on it. my mm-hmm. belly is that a hashtag yeah it's a it hashtag. Style hashtag style the bump, the bump. Yeah. style the bump okay let's look it you up gotta later. Look that. there's like millions of photos of women amazing i was the body con i was the yes top with just the belly yes but i loved the moment and i never thought that i would be that girl but mm-hmm. i just i um embraced it all yeah um but to be real like with anyone listening it, mm-hmm. it wasn't all wonderful i had 
I was paranoid all the damn time. Mm-hmm. Everything I would eat, my husband, my strong husband, I'm mm-hmm. so I'm so thankful for him because I would just cry. I'm like, I ate raw jicama and I heard that that causes like abort <laughs> um not abortion. What is it? Um, it causes miscarriage. miscarriage. Miscarriage, and I would just like cry. And he's like, really? <laughs> and then I hear anything that, like, on the internet though you can't eat while you're pregnant. I googled yeah. all damn day. I would scare myself all day. I would yeah. even look up images. But you know, <gasps> on the ex- and that was bad. But on the exterior, you, that is everyone. That is everyone. Oh. That is like really every is. client. Let's, and also, like Google so is not the place. I need for- you. Girl, Google is not the place for you if you are pregnant or sick. I am mortified of like actually birthing a baby. I think pregnancy is the most beautiful thing ever. Holy shit. Getting that thing out of you. How was that for you? Let's have a firsthand account. So I was def- I was the girl that was like, it's going to be a water birth and I'm not going to have an epidural. Wa- sorry, so water birth means that you have like in the bathtub kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. like access to water. Sometimes I see those life. photos where like the dudes behind them and it's like this thing and oh, it's nice. I wanted that moment. Absolutely. I w- no epidural by mm. any means, like right. that whole thing. Uh-huh. The closer I got to it, my OB was saying, we might have to induce you. Mm-hmm. And that means like it was baking to like i bet you have much better terms but i'm telling you what she yeah, told yeah. me mm-hmm. it was getting large in my body mm-hmm. and she thought it was time to go and it mm-hmm. was 39 and a half weeks but it was what's full term big for my 42. body 42 and i'm pretty petite so it was big yeah. for my body yeah and so i was devastated that it might have to happen that way mm-hmm. and it would you know it wasn't not it wasn't natural i don't know if what's the best way to say that i see the best way to say instead of saying natural it wasn't in its own kind uh it wasn't in its own timing Yeah. yeah and so the day before my scheduled uh my scheduled um induction mm-hmm. i drank a shit ton of pineapple juice and i Is walked that a around thing? yes because okay. it kind of speeds along the process i love pineapple and juice. i I, I was at the point being really small and having this big belly. Yeah. I had to carry my belly around. And Aww. I walked around the grove with my husband. I, I remember this day clearly, too, with my mom and my husband. Another L.A. story for you. Very. She's at the grove. the grove. After Coachella. Full of pineapple juice. Just like yeah. All cruising. day. Yeah. All day. Four hours. I walked on my feet. And Did it you wasn't go to Sprinkles? Like, I'm going to get this baby out. It was more like... <laughs> I just felt. Yeah. <laughs> She's like sprinkles, like cheesecake walking, factory. You know. I just feel like walking it out. Yeah. Um, I live very close. Yeah. We just, sure. It's a happy place for me because it's yeah. just like people and family. Yeah. It just feels like. And so I just walked around that night. I started to nest, meaning like setting up the nursery. And I mm. wasn't trying to be anyone. It was totally universe for mm-hmm. me. And it was like energy was telling me like, Maybe you should open the packaging to the crib sheet. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. And I set up the whole damn nursery and it was midnight. And I hear my husband and my mom going, what the heck is she doing? Yeah. And they were just like, and my mom is like, she's getting ready. Miha's getting ready. And so by 3 a.m. or something like that, I started to feel the contractions. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not, I'm so not the perfect, like, pregnant woman that I, I didn't know like the next step. So I Googled like, what happens when you get contractions? <laughs> and so there's she was an on app. her phone. Yeah. There's oh, an, there's an, yeah. Cause I was like, what do you do next? And there's an app that says like, you know, certain, if it's, if the contractions start to repeat at a certain time, then that mm-hmm. means, and more frequent than that means that you're getting close. Okay. So I 
you know, it reached the point where I'm like, okay, we go to Cedars, mm-hmm. um, Cedar Sinai, and I we got in the car. I was already a bitch. The moment <laughs> I got into that car, I was all holy when I was pregnant. Yeah. But the moment I got in that car, I was like, we're gonna get to this damn hospital. <laughs> You're gonna skip all the red lights. <laughs> we're going. I'm in pain. Uh-huh. So I was in so much pain. So water birth, I didn't even have time to think about it yeah, because I already like, thought no. I was having an induction. Yeah. So I was like. I can beat that induction by having this baby come out, uh-huh. of, you know, um, vaginally. Uh-huh. And so um, I, so we we raced to the hospital, um, get there, and I endured about four hours of no epidural because the moment I got there, I said, "Get me room eight. I swear I said this because room eight is the biggest suite at Cedars. Pro tip. FYI. Pro I can't tip, believe I, roommate, I did that. Pro and tip. So I was like, "It's room eight, the room with a, a bathtub and the view." And I view? was in pain. All the all the even numbers that Cedars have a view. <laughs> Pro tip. <laughs> because I live if there can, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you can Seriously. remember to do that when yeah. you're in so much pain, for some reason that was my priority. Right. And then the first thing I said to the nurse was, I'm not taking an epidural. Please please let me do that as long as I can. Please sure. honor that request yeah. as long as I can. So by four hours, I was like trying to be a champion. I had a playlist. But guess what? No. no. No one can talk. No, no music. I was like, get out every single person. And I'm going to Oh, like cuss. you didn't want that. No, I'm okay, going to cuss it. the whole time. Mm-hmm. Great. While I'm, while I, you know. And so I um, finally at four hours, I was like, this is not fun anymore. This is like, mm. I'm not going to have a positive memory of this. And I was crying. Mm. And I was like, it's time. Mm-hmm. So sure. I did take an epidural. And you know what? I have to admit, I did feel like I failed. My idea. My thought of like not having one Mm -hmm. but the moment i took it i felt so relieved i have nothing but happy memories now of it then does it still hurt it it didn't hurt i felt high i felt high you can get high and have a baby well (laughs) well well, no you're not so so i'm gonna i'm gonna do a quick very very fast she needs to fact check me i like it erica's about to drop some knowledge everybody somebody drop a beat um for anyone who's watched don't be a menace while drinking oj in the hood (laughs) that was my message moment um no i'm not gonna um fact check anything i'm just gonna do a very very fast reframe um you know that's my whole thing we are in 2017 it is the most feminist decision you can possibly make to decide how you want to feel in labor if you Mm want to be in pain and you can navigate that pain because you have support and people there or your doula or your partner and there's two different kinds of pain in labor you know there is transformational pain the pain that is bringing you to your baby there's Mm -hmm. pain with a purpose it makes sense you can understand it and then there's suffering and an intense amount of pain that's like taking you out of your body it's a bad trip it's Mm -hmm. feeling like traumatic it's feeling like ptsd we don't want you there and that's and that's the whole thing it's like actually being able to dance between those two environments and the real work is prenatally while you're pregnant getting comfortable with being very fluid and really gentle with where your journey and where that experience is going to take you Mm -hmm. because the whole thing of saying like you know so many women report feeling like they failed because they've included medication or had an epidural in their labor which i think is completely false i understand the logic but what we need to be doing for women now especially in this day and age is supporting them in whatever their choices are and Mm -hmm. saying hey 
your choice. Mm-hmm. You want to be in pain? Right here with you. My if body, you want- my choice. Yes. 100%. So and I think I, that's I'm important to keep that. in mind. Yeah. yeah. Because I felt in that moment that, you know, I had an idea of what it would be like. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, I was like, I'm definitely not telling anyone this part, <clears throat> you know, that I took it. And then mm-hmm. the moment it happened and the baby's in my arms, I'm like, here's my story. Here's how <laughs> this little guy <laughs> yeah. came into this world. Totally. So after I took it, I pushed, I pushed for four minutes and he came out. That's great, right? Yeah, but and it, and it kind of helped like, that, that I seems endured very it fast. as long as I could. That's like one song. Yeah, no, but... But after, so after, so your labor, you labored unmedicated for four hours, then you had your epidural, and, and then... And set in. And how, between the epidural and delivery, how much longer was it? It wasn't that much longer. I don't remember exactly, but it wasn't, it wasn't... Like another hour or two hours? It was less than an hour. You and see, then it was a whole process, and I, w- and I, I maintained the feeling the effects of the epidural through recovery so i still was on in heaven nice. like with my guy for a little bit for after. a little bit after and then yeah. it set in all the things that happen afterwards then it really your hurts your body feels well it just feel a lot i'm well, so curious well, the thing that's interesting is just so everybody knows an epidural is a is a is a route of administration of a medication so mm-hmm. you know epidural means they're putting in a they put in a thin catheter into your spinal fluid i'm not not your spinal fluid but into your spine mm-hmm. to administer the medication so mm-hmm. it's a cocktail of medication which differs from procedure to procedure mm-hmm. um for pregnancy there's a certain cocktail that's typically used when you get an epidural it it basically numbs your ex- numbs any kind of uh, feeling from your abdomen down to your feet. Mm-hmm. If the epidural's done, you know, with a lot of skill, which it typically is by your anesthesiologist, you'll have some mob- you'll have some momentum. You might be able to lift your legs slightly, maybe mm-hmm. give or take. Also, right before pushing, you can have it turned down mm-hmm. so that you start to less to feel the effects a little less. So it gives you more kind of emphasis and sure. ability to navigate how you need to push. Uh-huh. Um, but in terms of you know the pain component usually after an epidural about 25 35 minutes 45 minutes you go from feeling a lot of intensity and discomfort to not feeling anything at all other than light pressure specifically rectal pressure because when you push a baby out it feels like you're taking the biggest dump of your life don't a lot of people actually actually poop well yes but uh, oh i mean not okay let me tell you like i've not heard of it i've seen it yeah for Um, sure but not every you know person is going to you know poop during labor because they might have already passed contents throughout the process pro pro, lord pro tip pro Pro tip. tip So Pro tip is to actually try and, you know, pee a ton during labor and poop oh. because when your bladder is empty and your stomach is less full and your intestines are less full, the uterus has more space to contract and those oh. contractions can be more effective. So, but when you have an epidural, you're confined to bed, so you can't really move as much anymore. Mm-hmm. And they put a catheter into your vagina so that it drain, no, it's not your, it goes through your vagina uh-huh. into your bladder to drain your um, bladder of urine so oh. it can stay empty. But what I wanted to say about the pain component with the epidural is, so usually after the baby's delivered, they'll turn it off mm-hmm. pretty much immediately unless like someone's not watching and that sometimes happens, mm-hmm. but typically they'll turn it off. And usually within like 35 to 45 minutes within the hour, depending on your tolerance of medication, you're not, you're, the, the after effects can stay, mm-hmm. but you're not going to really feel that much. Like you can't even leave the bed for the first two hours afterwards mm-hmm. until they get the feeling back in your legs. Wow. Um, but the cool thing about the epidural afterwards is they do this thing called a fundal massage. Uh-huh. Um, and a fundal massage is 
the fundus, which is the, uh, you know, the mid area of the uh -huh. uterus to make sure that it's starting to firm and contract yeah. after delivery. Um, if you don't have an epidural, that funnel massage, um, the word massage should not even be there. It can be it's really, really painful. It's so, like um, so yeah. So for our unmedicated <laughs> mother is just note that that massage can feel pretty intense mm -hmm. after. Oh. So, yeah. Okay. But yeah, so that's why I'm glad you said that because the moment it ended, like the moment yeah. the epidural happened, I was like, I still feel it. What happened? It doesn't work on me. Yeah. Give me more. And then it was like, calm down. It's going to set yeah, in. It's coming. And then it set it's in. And I literally have a photo of like giving the peace sign on the bed. I was like, I'm here, guys. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Video, my husband's like, we're going to laugh at this one day. And, yeah, it, and, it, and I'm not even the girl who takes an aspirin. Like, I don't do anything. Totally. I'm just like, I take. Like, I just sprinkle some cacao on my, like, rice cake. Like, if I need a little shot of, like, a caffeine because so I don't take cool. coffee. I no, love I'm that. not cool. I'm just, like, cacao I can't, on my I rice can't cake. handle I unnatural. It. But sure. then I'll drink everything. So it doesn't. So I don't count. <laughs> Wait, so what were you tequila. start to finish? How many hours? So that was four. I would say, like, five hours and four minutes or something. So that's just FYI, short, right? that's a raptitious birth. Yeah, um, that's, that's a very fast. fast birth. So you're kind of in a much... Uh, you're in a small percentile of individuals that have shorter labors for a first-time mother. Average labor, 12 to 18 hours oh. for first time. Oh. So. But, like, starting from, like, at home, I was there hours, like, feeling contracted. Okay, I was just yeah, trying, yeah. yeah, there's all of that that happened. I wish I was the mom that has the timing and then wrote down my, like, birth story. But I'm like, mm. ballpark, this is what happened. You were busy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but in terms of, like, active yeah. labor, because you've early labor and active labor, but you feel like you were active, in discomfort, feeling every contraction, mm. hyper-aware, needing all your energy for about four hours. Exactly. Yeah, that's when yeah. it starts. I mean, yeah. like, you can be in early labor for, like, 24, sometimes even 48 hours, like, these contractions that aren't really coordinated. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to call your labor. That's flowers. amazing. <laughs> um, okay. So your son, you said two and a half, right? Yep. He's two and a half. Amazing. Now. So tell me about when did you start fashion mamas? How did that kind of all come about? So I started fashion mamas when my son was three months old. Uh -huh. Um, and I know that I was definitely had my hands full at the time. So why did I have the time? It's interesting. Cause when I'm, I was nursing, mm -hmm. I had a lot of downtime. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're just there and I'm just giving him all of me. So my brain was working. I was using another part of my energy and mm -hmm. I was just thinking about how this is my life. I'm thinking about a deadline that I definitely have to get to. So the laptop's open, but mm -hmm. my little guy is here. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is so me. Like, mm -hmm. I know that there's other women out there that are going through this. Mm -hmm. And so on Instagram, I started to post like life of a fashion mama and I started mm -hmm. to hashtag that. And I was like, where all my ha fashion mom is at, like the designers out there and everything. And it's not that every woman that has a job isn't mm -hmm. in the same world. It just felt fun to shout out the girls in my industry. Right. And um, the more I thought about it, the more I realized that there's a lot of women in my industry that had kids or mm -hmm. are pregnant. And I was like, I think that they should connect because it's kind of fun to be able to have two ways of connecting with one another. Mm -hmm. um, I started an Instagram, Fashion Mamas, mm -hmm. and I, it was Fashion Mamas LA. Follow I, it. It was Fashion Mamas LA at first, but we've changed it to Fashion Mamas because now we're worldwide. Yes. Global. Yeah, we went global. Global entrepreneur over here. Thank you. And then That's so amazing. I started that and what it really was at first was just content creation of, you know, just regramming a, a woman that was in the industry and also a mom, like a Nicole Richie, a sure. muse, you know? Yeah. And then um, I, Bianca Jagger or something mm -hmm. like that, like all of, and I would just tag them and then I started to tag the real women in my life and mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't include my name. I was mm -hmm. like, let me just create buzz and just yeah. start. And then they started to follow back and they're uh -huh. like, 
regramming it, you know, and it just started yeah. to become a, a little bit of a community. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere, I just sent out an email to my girls, like mm-hmm. 10 girls. And mm-hmm. I said, I wanted to invite you to the Fashion Mamas launch brunch mm-hmm. because I love connecting and I love a production. Absolutely. Like, at Racked, I was like, let's have a party. Mm-hmm. I'll make the gift bags. And I just loved building. Absolutely. Um, so I said, let's have the launch brunch. So we had the launch brunch at the Grove because I like a full circle moment. Have to. <laughs> they, they all walked around the Grove. Yep. <laughs> Pineapple juice and yeah. toe. Yeah, totally. exactly. And Pineapple juice mimosas. Mm-hmm. And we have Yay. a photo of all the girls and all our babies are that tiny. Aww. And um, yeah, I just told them welcome. I don't know what's next, but mm-hmm. thank you so much for being here. And they all connected. I saw them talk for hours and it was just I great. love that. I'm not sure what's happening, but we're doing yeah, it. Yeah, I'm like, we're hanging. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what this means. Yeah. And so they started to request, can we do this once a month? Can we mm-hmm. see each other? And I'm like, I'll do it anytime. Like, yeah, it's my favorite sure. thing to do. Yeah. And then my friend's pregnant and she's a designer. Can mm-hmm. she join? And I was like, join. This needs to be more of a community. Sure. So I started fashionmamas.com mm-hmm. and I created an application form because mm-hmm. I wanted to create a place where they're the friend of the friend, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what about the designer that we d- we all don't know? It's mm-hmm. so fun meeting a stranger that becomes so close to you. And it's Absolutely. Like instantly are, are friends forever. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that it was great to kind of open up our circle a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And so 10 members, and then we suddenly had 50, and cut to today, and we're going to reach our 400-member milestone in the summer. That's amazing. Congrats. Snaps. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah, and we have uh, chapters. LA is our largest with 220 members. Wow. We have New York, 70 members. San Francisco, 50. And we'll launch our next city later this summer. That's amazing. Yeah. So it's a website. It's community meetups, essentially. Yeah, it's, um, it's members only events. Mm-hmm. And then we have a secret Facebook group where all the members Ooh. communicate. And it's so fun to watch. Some girls are That's like, great. hey, I have a shoot coming up. Um, does anyone know a, mo- a, a mother model? And, mm-hmm. you know, one of the girls is a mom and a model. And she'll just say, like, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And then that same girl could be like, does anyone have a babysitter that can watch my kid while I do this shoot? And they're like, I'll do that. And it's just, it's so fun to be able to connect and watch it have a life of its own. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, that's exactly what it's all about. Them synergizing on their own. We even Mm -hmm. have a hashtag fashion mamas synergy Mm -hmm. and watching like they create a sample sale and it's just all the fashion mamas members. That's cool. It's really, really fun. Like I just, I like to stand in the background and kind of, I definitely like to set the tone and build the events. Mm -hmm. But then when they're all creating on their own, that's just as beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. So how did, so obviously that's how you guys met. She emailed me, and I felt like it was the best day of my life. Oh. Was that just hey a cold girl. email? Fashion uh, Mama's yeah, email? Yeah, you know, because I think both Natalie and I, one of the things we share is we were early adopters in this kind of shift in the pregnancy and motherhood cool zeitgeist. Moms. Yeah. Um, things like, I mean, you know, I don't have children. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, I will yet. probably in the next yet is the it's definitely <laughs> the operative word. Um, and we were on Instagram like pretty early, like mm-hmm. not to say nobody was on there early. I mean, but I mean, you know, with mama circle. Yeah. Like, okay. but when I had my previous, um, business and so I just saw what Natalie was doing and I was like, Oh, sh- you know, she gets, and I think mm-hmm. that has a lot to do with just how old we are. You mm-hmm. know, we're both quote unquote millennials. <laughs> um, and we were just kind of like, what is this space mm-hmm. right now? Because we would look at the pregnancy and parenting and like motherhood space. You're just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> turn around. Don't want to. And so, but we yeah. both knew that like something was going to happen mm-hmm. and that 
women in her industry were, were going through the experience and wanting something different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that my clients were going through the experience and wanting an experience that felt just like the rest of their life, even though they're making this big departure. Absolutely. Um, and so I do feel that fashion mamas does exactly that for her demographic Mm -hmm. of women that are in the creative industry. Right. Um, and you know, with loom and, and with our business, Erica's new business, this is huge. Well, it's this, this is just what it is. (laughs) This is huge. Um, actually this is loom. Okay. Exactly. I I saw what you were doing there. I got it. Um, (laughs) so loom essentially is a pregnancy and parenting hub. Um, and we're going to have classes, coaching, community events, doula services for folks from preconception through to 24 months after you have a baby. Mm-hmm. And it's a membership-based community similar to um, Natalie's. Different in, though, for us that there's no kind of heavy application process. Mm-hmm. It's open to everybody. Um, and you can either have a monthly membership or an annual membership. And we're going to be located in Mid-City um, in L.A. Hey, hey. Right in the middle. We wanted to, like, kind of cut out that east side, mm-hmm. west side jazz. Make it easy for people to get to us. Uh, and so. No more beef. No more beef. <laughs> Switzerland. Meet us in the middle. Switzerland. AKA. <laughs> Switzerland, AKA Mid-City. AKA Loom. <laughs> yeah. AKA Loom. Only yeah. guys. So, I mean, just rolling back, you know, I think for Natalie and I, we really felt focused on just making pregnancy and parenting feel like oh it's like you know it's ikea it's like a little module that goes into the rest of my house that's already there Mm -hmm. um so that's the whole thing creating really low barriers of entry for people to get what i think is such an important component of healthcare, which is education um and what i think is also a really important part of this next phase um which is community Uh, and especially if your peer group or your kind of like your uh your network isn't graduating into that next phase mm-hmm. at the same time as you are. Maybe if you're listening, that's like, I'm huge. The, yeah. Maybe you're listening. I'm like, I'm the only friend of mine who's pregnant. Yes. I'm like, that oh. we were talking about that before we started. Yeah. That's a big thing that's happening right now is a lot of my friends are like, they're the only moms and they feel really alienated. Exactly. And to a certain extent, there's only so, so much you can do to like, you know, help, but, but they really do need, you know, more of a community there. Yeah. So I think that's really important. A lot of our girls feel like the rebels of their mom groups too. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. The Mavericks. Oh like, yeah. Or they're like too cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like, I'm doing it differently. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, doing exactly. it differently. Yeah. You're like, yeah. I'm taking my kid to the growth. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what you're doing, we're, but I'm doing that. We're busy. But, but I also want to say too, like for anyone who's listening, who's like newly pregnant mm-hmm. or, you know, is like the first person pregnant, like in their group. And they're mm-hmm. like, what do I need to do? Yeah. I just want to say like, you know, Natalie mentioned, you know, listening to her feelings, which I interpret as listening to your intuition and like listen to whatever is coming through. If your intuition is like, I need more community, mm-hmm. I need to meet more people, like really, even if that's outside of your comfort zone, I really encourage you to push through that and sure. try and find resources and people that, you know, are resonant with what your goals are around pregnancy mm-hmm. and parenting because it can be very isolating. And that isolation, I think, is because, you know, especially with, where all where we are going right now as women it's like when you're isolated it douses your creativity it douses your drive it douses all these things and you know pregnancy can be a really incredible time of like growth not just in your body but like in the rest of your life and so Mm -hmm. but a lot of that has to do with you reaching out and you know into your community and out of your comfort zone to get Mm -hmm. the things you need to feel supported during that time absolutely that's so important i mean one thing too that i want to touch on obviously because um, the whole podcast is women of color. So do you guys feel like pregnancy in minority communities or any stigmas specifically that are important to address or just like sometimes I feel like um, in like Indian culture, right? It's very much like the support group is very much your family, which is amazing. I have so much extended family 
like all of that kind of thing, which is really nice. But then it's also people like me who like when I get pregnant, I'll probably live pretty far away. So you need to build this community outside. Mm-hmm. So I think community is a very interesting thing because traditionally it was always in the family and now it's kind of like branching out into other social groups. But are there other stigmas that you guys see? Um, I feel like I got pregnant uh, late. Like Oh, at, that's always a thing, 30, right? My mom had me at 32 and we're considered late. Yeah. Like as a Latina woman, mm-hmm. um, I just felt very much like I was with my husband for that long. Yeah. Like I said, a decade. And it was just like, why aren't you pregnant yet? When is that <laughs> happening? And I just think that that's that's so old school. It really is. I was just like, we're just vibing and living our life and trying to see like if that's even something that we're going to do. Right. Yeah. Like totally. I'm writing for Vogue, mom. Like I'm busy. <laughs> like I'm busy. Um, also, same thing for me. I mean, Nigerian culture. It's uh, there's lots of different sects in Nigeria, but mm-hmm. like an Igbo culture, you know, having lots of children is a great yes. call, especially with like the influence of Catholicism. So my dad is like one of eight kids. My mom is like one of ten kids. Yeah, same. Um, so uh, there's there's a lot of people. Actually, I got them flipped. My dad's one of ten. My mom's one of eight. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, my parents um, each have like a lot of siblings. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, my parents, my dad definitely was like, you know, when are you going to do the thing you're supposed to do? Whatever that means. <laughs> you know what it means. You're but like, that I think I'm doing once or twice. Dad. Yeah. You know, so it definitely was a thing about being a certain age. You know, I'm 30. And so, you know, my dad was always kind of like, and my mom definitely right now is just like, you know, every phone call is like, you know, we have to have a child. You know, that's really what it's all about. And luckily, I actually, agree with procreation mm-hmm. being an imperative for myself sure. that's not a forced yeah. thought right so it's cool yeah um but i do feel like the, i agree with natalie i think in minority cultures um immigrant culture there's mm-hmm. definitely a desire for children i think stigma wise in terms of like healthcare disparities you know i've been yes. doing a lot of work around this recently and um about the birth disparities for women of color in the healthcare system in the United States for for Latino women as well as black women. Um, you know, our care is, is much, much worse than our white counterparts. Right. So if you are a woman of color entering the healthcare system, there is much, a much higher incidence of you getting p- less, uh, poorer care, mm-hmm. um, having a lot of, you know, kind of racial, um, st- you know, stereotypes being put on you yeah. based on how you look. So, for example, um, you know, if I if I were to go in, and this is not my story, I'm just mm-hmm. sharing someone else's. I went in to see my provider. They might assume if I'm by myself and pregnant that I don't know my f- baby's father, mm-hmm. or my baby's father is my baby daddy. That mm-hmm. language has even been used in a clinical setting, which is completely inappropriate. Absolutely. Um, and I might be offered WIC. You know, which is, um, you know, the services for women that are, you know, below the poverty line and need Mm -hmm. access to care. Mm -hmm. Um, And for example, the way I report pain may not be taken seriously because just there's this kind of racial connotation that's embedded in slavery and things Mm -hmm. like that, that like blacks are more tolerant of discomfort. And Mm -hmm. like maybe the pain is not as high or as acute as this woman's reporting. Um, and so there's all these little things. And mm-hmm. if you look around, those stories are there. And also, you know, recent research shows that white infants or, 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 or black infants are more likely, black babies, I'm sorry, are more likely to die in the first year. I can't remember the exact stat, but it's way higher than white babies oh, within terrible. our healthcare system. So we really have to be very uh 
not only resilient, but advocate for our care um, in those traditional healthcare settings. Um, And I think trying to look for providers of color, Mm -hmm. um, although it can be challenging just due to the systemic situation of racism in our country, but finding a provider who looks like you um, can really help deal with a lot of those issues. It's just Mm -hmm. one step. Um, but, and the, and the outcomes are very similar, even for Latina women, there's more yes. information coming up mm-hmm. about that. I don't know if you experienced anything in the healthcare system, um, yourself as you were moving through it. I know education has a lot to do with it, but if you are educated, you might see this less. But. Right. I think that, you know, living in Los Angeles, I feel very lucky. Mm-hmm. I feel very happy to, I live, you know, close to Beverly Hills. We went right into the Cedar sinai family mm-hmm. and they welcomed us. Um, in my life, we can go so deep, and there's definitely mm-hmm. be ra- de- definitely been racism that makes me very worried for my Russian, Mexican, Spanish child's future. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, we're starting the whole pr- preschool game, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking of that for him. And all I can do now is build a confident household for him. Absolutely, and make him feel that he, it's not necessarily that he, it's not necessarily that he's special. He's different because we don't necessarily want to make him feel that he's a unicorn. Right. You know, you are a person yeah. and you are an individual mm-hmm. and you are doing great. Mm-hmm. You're doing great in this life, this thing called life. Mm-hmm. And all I can tell him is anyone that comes to him with a negative connotation about what he looks like is that, you know, feel sorry for them. There's something going on in their life where there's something in their head that they were taught mm-hmm. that that's the way you treat people that don't look like you. Right. So all I can do is that. And cause I'm so worried about it. Cause I definitely experienced that when I was younger. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think that's great advice. All right. I think that's a good place to to wrap it up. Thank you guys so much for joining. Happy Saturday. And thanks for saying vaginal. (laughs) You're vaginally welcome. You're vaginally vaginally welcome. You know. Enjoy that one, guys. All right, guys. See you next time. Thank you guys so much for listening in this week. Be sure to follow Erica at Erica Chitty Cohen and to follow her business at This Is Loom. And be sure to follow Natalie at Natalie Alcala and her business at Fashion Mamas. For more on Tonal Magazine, please visit tonalmagazine.com or follow us on Instagram at Tonal Magazine. Thanks, guys.